This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1000 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the driving radio show. Dr. Wendy Ying chats with Glenn about how to help your horse's immune system help your horse. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from EasySignsOnline.com. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England Style Farm Signs, their most popular line of signs. New England Style Farm Signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. And now it's time for Dr. Ying's traditional Chinese medicine update. So this week we're talking about the immune system and how to boost your immune system or your animal's immune system. And the reason that we're that I came up with this topic this week is because we've all been listening to the news about Ebola, right? Oh, um, oh yeah. The, the Ebola. Remember yeah. every time we were on the plane, I said we're going to catch yeah, the Ebola? <laughs> yes. And, and once you put a V in front of paranoid. it, that's it. <laughs> Wendy's about ready to quit traveling anywhere. I know. I hate traveling anyways. I, I used to just be worried about the flu. Now I'm worried about hemorrhagic <laughs> viruses. So, so, okay. So as we know, Ebola is a virus, right? Right. And there's no cure for that, right? So in Chinese medicine theory, what we think is that's a, um, like a pathogenic enemy, and it tries to get inside your body to cause disease. So how you fight that is you have different layers of defense, right? So you have your outer layer of defense, uh, which is what? Your skin, right? Uh, so your skin is a barrier. If you have any cuts or like if you get bitten by a cat, the bacteria in the cat's mouth breaks your skin, your first barrier, and then you get infected. So your skin is a barrier. Your mucous membranes are a barrier. So, uh, for example, the flu virus, you know, when I'm around sick kids, I'm always holding my breath. 
um, because that uh, is an aerosolized virus. And if it lands on your mucous membranes, it can get in your bloodstream. And why do some people get flu and other people don't? Because on your mucous membranes, you produce antibodies, which are your first line of defense antibodies that can attack the virus before they get into your bloodstream. Right. So that's why many of you do uh, intranasal flu vaccines. And that's what I do with my horses. For one, they don't have the injection problem. You know, mine get, you know, flare ups from the injections. But for two, you're causing what we call a local immunity. So you're, you're stimulating antibodies that stay right there at the mucous membranes, like guarding that gate to your blood system. Uh, another way they can get in is through your gut. And this is a very overlooked part of the immune system. So um, you're, have you heard of leaky gut syndrome, Glenn? Yes, actually I have. Okay. So leaky gut syndrome is a hot topic in human medicine. And what it is is um, you, we eat foods and we break them down into little parts and then those parts are absorbed by our cells and processed. And then those are the building blocks of, um, you know, that we need to build proteins and muscle and fats. Well, with leaky gut syndrome, you get an inflammatory reaction in your, in your digestive tract and instead of the the proteins being broken down properly, they may be partially broken down or things that you shouldn't even absorb get absorbed not through your cells and not in the proper way, but they just go right into your bloodstream. And then your body, your white blood cells, your immune system sees them as foreign, uh, foreign bodies, right? So they form an immune response to that and they attack that. Because that's their job, right? The immune system is supposed to attack that. So what happens is you start to produce a lot of protein in your blood. So not only does that cause an inflammatory reaction, it leads to a lot of um, allergies. Uh, it leads to a lot of skin problems in dogs. Like that, we see a ton of problems with um, with the uh, itchy ears. You get overgrowth of, of good bacteria and yeast in the body. So, so when you normally have a, a, you know, a balance, balanced relationship with certain um, yeasts and bacteria, these can get out of control and then take over. So like candidiasis, uh, that's a common one. Uh, like you know, uh, diseases that you'd see with patients that have a compromised immune system or on like... Um, you know, steroids or, or things that are suppressing their immune system, you'll see. And um, uh, also in animals and people, leaky gut syndrome can also present as, um, uh, as an autoimmune disease because your body is like trying to fight something inside, you know, and then those proteins can stick on important cells in your body, but then kind of mask them. And then your immune system thinks that they are foreign cells. And one of the scariest diseases we have from leaky gut syndrome is uh, deep vein thrombosis. So uh, when you have too much protein in the blood, it can start the clotting cascade of, um, of your red blood cells and your platelets. And then you throw little clots. So you've heard of that, right? People... Um, right. Mostly yeah. in seniors. You hear it a lot in seniors, obviously. Right, but yeah. it, it happens in, um, you know, people with lupus, people with... Um, 
you know, diseases that are autoimmune diseases like that. In animals, we actually don't see it a lot um, because they can't tell us that they're having those syn- syndromes because some of the, the symptoms would be like, I feel dizzy or my leg feels weird, you know, mm-hmm. so the animals don't tell us that. So a lot of times we don't see that in animals until it's like, you know, sudden death. You know, they throw a clot to their lung. Or um, one of the ways we see it quite a bit is with cats. They'll throw a clot to their, um, to the vein, to the arteries that supply their rear legs, and they will present paralyzed with really cold legs. That's a common presentation for cats. Um, <clears throat> so, um, so in animals, this, this is becoming an emerging disease that we've extrapolated from human medicine. You know, and we're starting to look for these things more. And this is another um, this is another presentation also that we do not have a very good um, uh, you know conventional medicine treatment for that. So what the risk factors are bad diet, stress, um, you know and and steroids. So we all have that, animals and people, right? I mean, there's no avoiding that. So the thing you have to do for leaky gut syndrome is try to manage it in a healthy way. So you need to change your diet. Um, you have to reduce stress and try to go off steroids. And that's hard to do when you've just changed your diet. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and those are all really difficult things, and everybody wants a pill. So there are some uh, herbal formulas that can help you with this that help support your body while you make the change. So um, in animals, uh, I use a um, whole food supplement from Standard Process that's called canine dermal support. And it has lots of different phytonutrients in it, but also has some interesting herbs in it uh, that I'm just going to touch on very quickly because these are all herbs that you've heard about. So the first one is um, milk thistle. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, we've talked about milk thistles. So that's the number one herb uh, for liver disease. And so I know you're saying like, well, I thought we're talking about leaky gut syndrome. What do I care about their liver? Well, the liver is the, the liver filters your blood, right? So whenever you have uh, any kind of allergy or any kind of, uh, you know, uh, any kind of problem that, is an inflammatory problem, we always want to support the liver. So uh, milk thistle is very important for that. Also clears heat. And uh, when we say clear heat, we're saying that it has anti-inflammatory properties. Um, Another interesting thing about milk thistle, which I really love about this herb, it's the, um, it has been, you know, proven in double blind studies that it's very, um, it's a very good treatment for, uh, Mushroom poisoning. So, you know, a lot of dogs and cats go out there and eat mushrooms. And, you know, the death cap mushroom, it's deadly, is the death cap. So you've seen those, right? The little red ones with the white spots. We have a lot of those right now, actually. Yeah. And so that's the number one herb for that. So, uh, and a lot of dogs actually do get into it. And it's not like, I mean, they'd have to eat quite a bit to really do something. But um, uh, it also, milk thistle has a lot of antifungal properties especially for fungus that infects the skin or um, commensal fungus that will overgrow. So um, 
like rain rot, for example. Horses all have that kind of uh, rain rot organism living in their skin, but it's only when they get um, compromised that it attacks their skin and they get the, the scabs. So okay. uh, another interesting herb there is um, Indian gooseberry. And Indian gooseberry also clears the heat and it has, so it's good for infections because it has antimicrobial, antimicrobial activity. Um, and it also helps regulate your sugar. So that's really important with um, any herbal formulas that are supposed to help with um, inflammatory diseases. Because a lot of times, like like you know, with your limes, you can't let your sugar get out of control because that just feeds the bacteria. Right, right. That's right. Why, that's why I'm on the sugar-free diet. Right. right. So if you can keep your sugar at a regulated level, you won't have these spikes. And you because bacteria, the doubling time for bacteria it can be like as little as you know thirty minutes. So if you have a sugar spike, you can like double your bacterial load in thirty minutes. So it's really important to keep your sugar at an easy at a, at an even level. The next herb that I want to talk about is really awesome, and I never used to think about this until I moved to Florida. But it's Spanish moss, and Spanish moss has been used in um, in not so much in Chinese medicine because it, it's not as well known in in Asia, but here in the United States, it's been used uh, for all different things externally and internally. And it actually has lots of activity against gram-positive bacteria and it's antifungal, especially against candida, which is like the number one uh, yeast that uh, causes patho- pathogenic um, lesions and dogs on their, on their skin and in their ears. Um, so, you know, people always say, oh my God, don't let your horses eat Spanish moss. Cause you know, you, you don't really know what's going on, but it actually is a good thing for them. That's to eat. good. I'm glad to hear that because my pony sucks it up like they it's love candy. It. Ugh. I know. Cause it and if he's candy. wearing his muzzle, he figured out he can't get to the grass too good. But he, yeah. if there's Spanish moss in the ground, he he sucks it in like spaghetti, and you'll see this long thing of Spanish moss coming up through his muzzle. <laughs> I know it's so cute, and you know, interestingly enough, Spanish moss is not a uh, moss. It's not actually a uh, moss. It's a um, it's a plant. It's a plant related to the um, the pineapple. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, so it's safe for him to eat that. He can eat a lot of that, and it's good for him. Um, I never heard that, so that's interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, and actually in the standard process formulas, it's used quite a bit, and that's what I really like about these standard process formulas. It uses a lot of stuff from Chinese medicine, but also blends like the folk medicine from the Americas too, and that's where that comes from. I didn't know that. Huh, cool. Yeah. Uh, another uh, herb that's in here, this is not technically an herb, but this is an interesting um, ingredient, is the conch shell. Oh, really? Yeah. Another and, Florida product. I know. Yeah, exactly. So the conch is an herb, herbivorous snail, and they eat seagrass and microalgae. So we all know, like, microalgae is, like, you know, the best thing you can have for, for immune problems, right? Um, but in the shell itself, it has um, lots of calcium carbonate, amino acids, and antioxidants. And also, what I really like about this product is um, uh, 
you know, Chinese herbs get a lot of bad rap because there's some bad people out there like, you know, killing rhinos for their rhino horn, blah, blah. The majority of Chinese herbs are not like that. They use sustainable ingredients. Um, and of course, I never use any like, you know, unethical or unethical um, ingredients in, in our herbs for the animals. But the conch shell is actually a super sustainable um, ingredient because the shells are just tossed away. It's a part of fishing, you know, so they take the conch and they, they get the meat so that we can have yummy conch chowder and conch fritters. Um, but actually like 92% of that conch is wasted and the shell doesn't deteriorate in, it doesn't break down. So actually, and they're uh, big and they're huge. Yeah. So unless you're going to make a, a horn or some jewelry, you know, there's not a lot of, of things you can do with it. So it's actually a great new source of calcium carbonate, similar to uh, oyster shells, to, to use that and to put it into health food products. So, and I have one more. Okay. Uh, the last one is, oh, this is why I want to talk about this one, is dandelion. So dandelion has been used in Chinese medicine and like, uh, you know, folk medicine for many, many years. It's easy to grow. Uh, you see it everywhere, you know, roadside weed. But it, it clears heat, so it's an antibacterial, antifungal. Uh, it also is really high in vitamin C and antioxidants. And hmm. it also is a very well-known diuretic. It's a pretty strong diuretic. So whenever you have any kind of... Um, you know, uh, a proteinemia. So you have like too much protein in your blood or you need to filter your blood. When you use a diuretic, you push the, the volume of blood faster through your kidneys and through your liver and it helps you excrete toxins. So, hmm. so a diuretic is really, imp- yeah, that's why um, things like Lasix are illegal to use um, in showing because it will increase the elimination time of drugs. Ah. Right. So you if if your horse is test positive for Lasix, you get suspended because whether they find drugs or not, they figure, well, you're on Lasix. You're trying to get rid of the drugs faster so they don't test. And and dandelion is is actually something that you can buy dandelion greens at the grocery store now. You know, so uh, for you at home, if you if you're worried about getting the Ebola, you can take some dandelion greens and chop them up and some ginger and some lemon and make dandelion ginger tea. And that's a really great immune booster tea that's easy to do. And it um, I think it tastes good. But if you know, I don't like a lot of sugar, but if, if it's too bitter for you, you can add a little bit of honey. Well, that's it for today. Where, where can people find out more uh, information on all of this? Uh, you can go to drwendyying.com and you can go to my blog. And, uh, and also you can get the dermal support and all the standard process products on my website. At, it's there on drwendyying.com under products. Well, of course, we want to remind everybody that, uh, you know, what Dr. Wendy Ying talks about is the opinion of Dr. Wendy Ying. And, uh, you know, if you're around somebody with Ebola, all of this goes out the window because uh, you can you can build up your immune system all you want. Uh, The best thing to do is stay away from Ebola people. Well, there you have it. For more tips on everything from apps for horse folks 
to zeroing in on half halts, you can go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the topics drop-down menu on the left. There's also a contact button there, so feel free to email us with ideas about things you want to hear about here on Horse Tip Daily. This podcast has been made possible through the generous support of easysignsonline.com and listeners like you. To learn how to become an official auditor and qualify for cool auditor-only perks, go to horsetipdaily.com and click on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 